The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, the doors were locked where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, a week later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that they may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Shortly after my mother died, I was with my father and he said, do you want to see the new gravestone? They just installed it. So we were going to the seminary and on the way, my father was explaining to me that when he bought the plot, he also had, he had four spots, four places. One for mom and dad and one for my brother and myself. We got there and I got out of the car and dad went to get some water, to water the flowers he planted a few days earlier. And I went over to the stone, to, to, uh, and, I, and I crouched down and said a prayer and looked at the details and read the, the inscriptions on it. When I was done, I straightened up, and I realized that I was standing on my own grave. Have you ever done that? Have you ever stood on your own grave? Well, let me tell you what happens when you stand on your own grave. You get thoughts. You start thinking. 
And I was thinking that, gee, someday sooner than I think, someday sooner than I want to happen, they're going to dig a hole right here. And they're going to lower my body in the hole. And on that day, there'll be some people gathered, some of my friends and relatives, some of my brother priests, maybe some of you will be there. And you'll offer a prayer and say maybe a couple of nice things about me. Maybe you'll shed a tear and maybe put a flower. And that's all really, really nice, and I appreciate all that. But see, that's not going to do it for me. See, that's not enough. I don't want to end up in a hole. And then I stood there and realized there is one person in my life. There is one person who will come to my grave and say, I am the resurrection of the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. I know somebody in my life that can say, I will come back to you and take you to myself so that where I am, you also may be. There's somebody in my life that will say, today you will be with me in paradise. On the worst day of my life, when I die, God is going to be there. He's there for us. He's always there for us. There was a rainstorm. It was the thunderstorm. We just hovered over Boston like all day. It was torrential rains. So I was in my fishing waders and I was in the basement bailing out the water. The more water I put out, the more it came in. That was frustrating because I wasn't getting anywhere. Finally, at a certain point, I threw my hands up in the air and I said, that's it. I got to go to St. Cecilia's and do a baptism. So I left the mess and I went over there. I got there, I saw the father of the, of the baby I'm going to baptize, and I went over and he says, Father, we can't start right now because not everybody's here because of the rain. So I'm standing there beside the father waiting for the others to come, waiting to see my, my, my church, you know, just to, you know, drift down the, down the street. So I saw, he was there, so he had the baby in one hand, and, and he had a bag in the other, and what he was trying to do is he was trying to take the camera out, and he had to change the batteries because the batteries were dead. So he was trying to take the old batteries out, and put in the new batteries while holding the baby in the bag at the same time, and it was really frustrating for him. So at a certain point, he swings the baby into my arms, and he says, Father, can you hold him? So I'm holding this baby. So I'm looking at the baby, and the baby's looking at me, and then the baby reaches up, and he starts squeezing my nose. And he starts laughing. And I said, the baby's, oh, so you think that's a toy, huh? Anyway, some of the people there said, oh, look at the baby likes the priest. <laughs> he started taking pictures of me and everything. And a couple minutes later, we... Uh, started the baptism. After the baptism, I went into the sacristy and I said to God, with a little prayer, thank you, God, for letting me hold a baby. Now, you may not think that that's a big deal. Everybody holds babies. But see, we priests don't get to hold babies. We don't have babies. And even if we do have a chance to hold a baby, usually the baby, they see the black coat and the white collar and they instantly know that they're in a stranger's arms. And then they start to swiggle, and they start to kick, and they start to push against me, and then they start crying. And then the mother has to come over and take the child away and say, oh, and try to comfort the baby. I don't get to hold babies. But today, I got to hold a baby. And I said to God, you knew, didn't you? You knew I was having a difficult day. You knew things, nothing was going right today. And today you let me hold a baby. God is always there for us. Always. You just got to see him. 
So I went to one of these rubber chicken things, you know, with uh, dinners for, for a charitable organization. And at the organ I had donated. I made a donation to the organization. And it was, my, uh, <laughs> it was uh, fly fishing with Father Peter. And somebody won the silent auction. It was, it was a state senator. So only about a month later after the event, the state senator gives me a call and he says, uh, you know, I'd love to go fishing with you. I says, I, I says sure, where do you want to go? He says, well, take, he says, well, I want to go someplace close by, so I, I don't know where to go. I don't know any place. I says, oh, Boston Harbor is great. We'll go out there. I know a lot of secret spots. So I brought him to this place where you always catch fish and it's got a lot of current. And I was explaining to him, I says, what you're going to do is find current because... Fish are just like people. They like to sit in the Lazy Boy and have their food delivered to them on a conveyor belt. So what you do is you take the fly and you flip it out there and it drifts down. And then you'll get a fish. So he says, you try in this spot. I'm going to try down there because sometimes fish move around. So I looked up and just to check on the senator and he's fighting a fish. <laughs> so I went back up to them and he found where the fish were. Anyway, he released the striper and we just stood there a minute because the, the sun was just setting over the skyline of Boston. It was really beautiful. And we just stood there in silence and just absorbed the beauty. And the state senator just said, oh, I needed this so much. The stress, the stress at work is unbearable. I needed this. And I said to him, well, it's always here. It's only five minutes away from where you work. Well, two hours in traffic, maybe. But it's always here. God has a sunset for you every night. The fish is always here. You just got to enjoy them. Anyway, a year or so later, I bumped into his friend. And I says, gee, how's, this, how's the senator doing? He says, he's doing great. He's doing fantastic. He quit his job and bought a boat. <laughs> Here's my point. Whether we're standing on our own grave, whether the waters of difficulty are swelling around us, whether we're drowning in, in anxiety, in stress, in life, no matter what, how hard it is, no matter how difficult it is, God is always there for us. You just got to see him. And I think it's in those difficult times that God is most visible are in those moments. Because God is always wants to show us that he's there for us.